Well, I'm Lifeblood. This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Wiley McGraw. Wiley, are you ready to do this? I'm ready, George. All right, let's go. Wiley is a former star pitcher. He's a competitive bull rider, a three-time combat veteran. Through his experiences, he discovered he his crazy superpower of being able to expose blind spots, erupt and eradicate stress, fully unleash the untapped potential of high achievers. Wiley, tell us a little about your personal life, some more about your work and why you do what you do. <laughs> My personal life. Okay. Well, so first I'm the founder of Radical Performance Acceleration, George. The last 14 years, I've uh, been behind the scenes with doing some really life-altering and radical work with uh, high achievers from all walks of life, different industries from Wall Street to Hollywood, professional sports, uh, so, you know, Silicon Valley, in between, anything and everything, because it's non-industry specific type of work that I do. But um, yeah, going back all my life, I was an athlete, grew up in a very competitive household with two other brothers and a father who was a semi-pro ball player. Uh, it was nothing for me to be walking by people like Bo Jackson and Rod Carew. And I met Mickey Mantle when I was nine. So I was very motivated and driven at a young age to learn the discipline of focus and being, you know, uh, you know, present and being able to uh, compete at a very high level, which was exciting until it got to the point where I started to recognize the differences in stress and how stress were affecting my performance as a young athlete. Um Got, got got away from all of the, uh, I would say, the outside forces that were causing me to have this uh, inner battle with myself about what it is that I really wanted to be doing as I got older. And that's what bull riding became, the, the seductive world to pull me away from is something I got to choose. So for me, George, it's like I, I got to to take away the, the lack of option that my father gave me growing up in that sports world, chose something of my own that really allowed me to meet this version of myself I had been dying to meet, you know, as a star pitcher, being pressured by the pros, groomed by the California Angels pitching staff and being told that if I wasn't perfect and if I didn't focus only on this, then I wasn't good enough. So that bull riding world was very seductive to me and it forced me to, to learn how to yield to, to the fear of the unknown, learn how to yield to who I really was, become present in every single moment, uh, no matter how many times I got in the back of that wild animal and just learn how to be, be in tune with my intuition and my mindset, my emotions, and really learn how to become in those chaotic moments, even though they're short rides. Uh, and eventually I got tired of that, wanted more and found the military, served with 101st Airborne Division as a combat infantry leader, did three tours overseas. And I really discovered that there was a war this gift that I've been carrying around my entire life that I didn't recognize as a, at a young age, um, uh, my ability to make people uh, expose and feel the, the, the stress that they carry rattle within them. is something I just kind of came into the world with. And uh, at this point, you know, it's like I've been living my life from a place of staying completely focused on mastering thyself first, uh, having resources around me that always kept me and still do to this day, keep me at the top of my game as much as possible. Um, I'm human. I have... <laughs> stresses and I have frustrations and that sometimes I have, you know, these irritations because it's life and life throws a lot of different curveballs at you, but it's those life experiences that got me to a place where, you know, I'm happily married. I've got an amazing pop. I get to live where I want to live. Um, I get to run this amazing business doing this really different type of work with some very prominent people. They call on me because I have an ability to truly push them past limitations in a way no other coach or consultant ever has before. And I find that to be very rewarding where now, I, you know, I get to skydive as a hobby. I get. And, but really the work that I do is very intense, very um, life altering for me as well. I take on maybe two to three people per year, uh, intimate clients of, of mine is very high level and very relationship oriented. And so at this point, 
the last 14 years, I've just been going and blowing at it because it is my life's mission. It's not just a business that I run. It's purpose that I was built to do. And that's why the eruption and eradication of stress is kind of a fabric of who I am. And it's not a thing that I do or something I studied from someone else. And uh, yeah, right now at this point, that's all I'm doing. That's all I'm going to continue to do is move into the new year. Nice. So how, yeah. when, when, when you jump out of an airplane, how, how long are you falling through the air? <laughs> Uh, it depends on body orientation. Uh, I think the average person think, hears skydive and they think belly to earth, you know, you're on your belly, you fall into the earth. About a minute, that is usually uh, the average skydive. But, it, you know, you become an athlete in the sport. You get your license. You start jumping with your friends. Um, you start learning different body orientations. You can be doing it from a place of flying on your head, head down towards the, the earth, feet towards the earth um, on, on different types of angles the way in which you pitch your body into the wind and learn how to fly like a bird. So it can go anywhere from 30 to, to 55 seconds, depending on the speeds that we hit. Sometimes we'll hit speeds of 200 plus miles an hour while we're flying around the sky. So very short skydives when you're going that fast, but at the end of the day, you still get like a nice two to three minute parachute ride. Once you, uh, you know, you stop the skydive down to the earth before you land. So it's pretty yeah. fun. Yeah. Nice. Oh, I, I don't doubt that for a second <clears throat> in terms of when you were jumping out of airplanes to go and, and fight the enemy, that's also a pretty abbreviated, truncated amount of time. It's uh, well, in the military, jump, literal jumping out of airplanes is a lot much different, I would say, than skydiving, obviously. But for people that don't really understand the differences, it's, you know, you're jumping from military aircraft, you're getting 1500 feet, you know, 1200 feet, you're giving 800 foot combat jumps. Now, I didn't get I didn't have I didn't get to do those combat jumps. But, you know, people like my brother, who was a uh, special operations, he did combat jumps like that all the time. So, yeah, it's it's static line. You're you're getting thrown out of an aircraft four seconds per round parachute opens up and you're falling 14 feet per second and you basically hit the ground ready to run. Skydiving is like the place we could go play, you know, we get to yeah. enjoy and relax. Nobody's shooting at us. So yeah, it's a different. Yeah. So. This this short bout of of absolute intensity, you get on the back of a massive bull and you're going to try to ride the thing for a handful of seconds, hopefully seven, eight seconds. But I from my understanding, eight, that's yeah. that that's a really long time. And you train <clears throat> and prepare for months at a time for this really, really brief a, a, a amount of 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 performance. It strikes right. me that uh, that that is just such a, a wonderful metaphor for a hmm. lifetime. Yeah, <laughs> really compacted. It is. It's an amazing metaphor. And I think it gives us, um, I think, a moment, a pause to really recognize that the preparation and your ability to to really push yourself and train and and live a life where that's that's a habit of yours daily having the the mental discipline to just take action you know because you're not always going to have the motivation i was not always motivated to play baseball even though that's that was my primary sport i was not always motivated to be a bull rider i was not always motivated to be a soldier um but it's not the motivation that matters what matters is your preparation and training and you're building yourself up and you're really uh, learning more about yourself on a daily basis so that when you have those short moments of, of, of actual action to take on that training, um, you're elite at what you do. You're efficient at what you do. You experience successes more frequently because of that. And I found, especially when I left baseball and was being groomed and, and trained by the pros, that it wasn't the, the sports pressure of being an athlete or a star or, or playing that game that really broke me. It was 
it was the dysfunctions around me, family dynamics, people's addictions, and learning how that actually impacted my ability to actually stay focused and, and feel the love of the game for the love of the game. And in bull riding, I really learned that that focus, that determination, and that presence of mind, emotional stability, and ability to be really calm when you're in that moment to get on the back of a bull and that shoot, that is where I really grasp the, the understanding of this holistic focus and being able to just take action. When I, I, I mean, every time that I was not present, it, you, the training, especially in the bull riding world, that was where, where my life really started to unfold about mindset and focus and discipline and, and being present um, because you get hurt in that world really quickly, but you don't think about those things. So when you start thinking about things outside of what you're doing, when you start losing your train of focus or your uh, ability to stay present, especially when you get ready for something like that, that's when you notice performance gaps, failures, you find you're hitting certain limitations. So it really forced you when you would train, when you go work with these cowboys and you'd be on the back of these barrels or you'd be you know, taught is like maintaining that absolute ability to stay calm in the midst of chaos, knowing that that wild animal is going to do everything it can to buck you off. When you get in the back of that shoot, you feel the life filled body underneath your legs. And you, you, you recognize that this doesn't matter. What they're, this bull is doing doesn't matter. What matters is my presence, being connected to this animal and knowing that I love doing this and that when I that gate opens up where I call that gate, everything that matters is only in that moment, nothing else. And when you allow yourself to learn how to become very calm in the midst of that, in those moments like that, your performance improves. When you learn to be present with who you are and, and learn to yield to the fears that might show up for you, face them, you'll find that you actually can succeed and move through those limitations. So I found that contrast and I took that into the military and I realized that as a young soldier and then I want to become a non-commissioned officer and I started leading men in combat, those philosophies and principles really served me well to learn more about myself in the more most chaotic moments of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, I think that that's fascinating. And do you think, I think it's so easy for us to look around at all the problems that we mm -hmm. experience in the world because <clears throat> it's so immediate these days on our phones. We can mm -hmm. see the problems. It's constant. Right. And it's almost like we're being seduced by giving my energy and attention to places that I have zero control over. And that right. seduction, when I give my attention and energy somewhere else that I don't have control over, that's probably frustrating. And that will reduce my ability to do the things that you've been describing. 100%. I mean, technology, especially today, what it does is it fractures people's focus and it sucks their energy, pulls them into these different dimensions, like especially with social media, it's a one dimensional space where everybody is completely misusing what it's meant to be. It's a dumping ground, people's uh, stress, everybody's arguing, nobody's really contained properly in that world. So when you find yourself holding your phone and you're so used to have now having it connected, you don't realize that that is in fact it's like pulling you into a different world. When you learn to have the discipline to put the phone down when you don't need it. My business partner is the same way. She, she never touches her phone because she's like, when I don't need the darn phone, I don't want to touch it. It's She's too sensitive for that. And I completely understand. So you're right. It's when you get lost in the ethers of everything else and the problems going on in the world, what does that do? It fractures your ability to stay focused. And then it literally limits the power you carry because you're giving your energy away to something that really doesn't actually matter. You're not properly contained. And until you become properly contained, you're going to be almost, it's like that fluidity or the amoebic nature of humanity that doesn't get anywhere. We talked about, you were talking about becoming elite at what you do. 
Do you help people figure out what that means or do you help or do most people you work with already know this is what I want to become elite at and you clear the way you help them to actually realize that or somewhere in the middle? Uh, well, first and foremost, the nature of my work is not even remotely in a space of helping. I'm more along the lines of a uh, battle buddy that gets into the trenches and slays the demons of very powerful and prominent people that they have not battled through their entire lives or careers. These are people that have achieved massive amounts of success for themselves. They have built their empires in the back of pain and suffering and stress that they've carried on. And again, you know, in our world, we hear it all the time. This is a big cliche in the personal development space. Uh, your message, your message, or use your pain to drive you to create and be successful. And unfortunately, that's a that's a horrible philosophy to teach people and is why people stay stuck and feel like they're chasing success, they're chasing peak performance, uh, why they don't know what to do with the chaos that they carry around. So they stuff it down inside, they cope with life to like override the feeling of it, but they're still able to stay aligned with making a ton of money or having notoriety. And that's fantastic. The philosophies that I challenge constantly as a demon slayer for these types of people is I get into their lives with them. I live with my clients. I travel with my clients. I go far beyond those philosophies of personal development of outside in and looking at people's problems from where they're at, where they want to be. And nothing I do is linear. Nothing I do can be, I brought my client from A to B. I truly transform a life, a human life. I really do alter who they are. They've already achieved this level, but they're at a point where they're going, I've, I've got the bank account, I've got the notoriety, but I'm still like a lot of our public figures. Twitch just, you know, killed himself, you know, recently because of the demons he battled. I met a close friend of his who's a two-time Emmy award winning choreographer in Hollywood. She knows him and his wife well. They were completely shocked that this guy did that. Same thing with people like Bill Burr who talks about on stage, I don't want to pass down my, my demon, my rage to my daughter. It's people like that that don't understand or have the right resources that are in their lives with them, making them face the demons that they carry so they can eradicate it. So what ends up happening is they go towards coaches and therapists and things like that to try to find solutions that give them some awareness, but don't try, don't actually get into their lives with them and see where those nuances are in fact affecting their performance and not letting them be as elite as possible as they want to be. And that's the difference in my work is why they call me is because I get into their lives with them and I go far beyond what typical uh, traditional coaching or support is even the guys, David Goggins, all those guys out there, they're doing really cool stuff. But at the end of the day, they're not battling in the trenches and getting to the demons and getting to the nuances and no stone left unturned. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll fight and go through things with mother-in-laws and, and, and children and coworkers and employees and staff, because every element of who that person is surrounded by will affect their performance. So that's the nature and the stark difference between my work and what's typically uh, provided for people at that level. That's fascinating. Yeah. When yeah. you, from the outside looking in, when you look at David Goggins, just as, as an example, it, mm -hmm. it, it seems to me to be clear that, that he has these massive demons and the way that he is, is his expression <laughs> of trying is that he runs and runs and runs and runs and runs and runs and physically attempts to outrun them and certainly is. Um, but being aware that you have a problem is miles away from actually fixing it. Well, that's the thing is people have the mindset that um, it, it's usually the ones that that believe they can do it on their own. They're the ones that need the most help. And you get a lot of and there's a lot of un, unfortunate ego and narcissism and a lot of vanity nowadays. And we have people that are in these public positions who are motivating and teaching other people that it's OK to just 
push through the pain. It's okay to suffer so you can, you know, succeed in your life. And, and they're, they're also creating limitations in people because they're not teaching them that there's a difference between proper suffering and improper suffering. There's a difference between sacrifice and improper sacrifice. They're just saying, do it at all costs. Like you said, he's just out trying to outrun it, but he's just, what he's doing is he's, he's, he's not actually eradicating anything that really does in fact affect him internally. And it's the mindset that I can do it on my own. I have to face my fears. I have to battle through things. You can see it on, on people's faces, how they interact with the public, the way they talk. It's all about identifying those little blind spots that most people are missing and recognizing for yourself. You know what, if my coach, if my therapist, if my consultant or advisor or mentor, is not making me feel extremely uncomfortable and is not making me mad. It's not challenging me that that's driving me to a place where I am. I feel absolutely horrible inside when I'm doing this work with them. If I'm not able to discern the difference between what it is they're actually trying to do or tell me versus what it is that I actually need or what, it, what, what is not feeling right, but what actually feels you know appropriate for what it is that I'm looking to achieve then I need to reevaluate who I'm hiring. But most people don't know how to discern the differences. So I would tell people that are even listening, it's like you have to be able to discern the difference between someone who really is in it 100% only for you or they're in it basically for what it is they want to teach you based on their experiences. And that nuanced difference transforms the game completely when you're hiring support systems and resources to push you and challenge you and give you advice and, and philosophize and, and, and support you along the way. And nowadays, we have a lot of yes men out there. We have a lot of people that are not in it 100% for the people that they're supporting. They're in it for their bottom line. They're in it for themselves. They want to teach and provide these philosophies they've learned over their lives. You need a master. You don't need a teacher. And that's the big piece that I want to give to people. I love it. That's such an important differentiation and yeah. and, and yeah. really well said. Well, Wiley, <laughs> Excuse me. Wiley, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage? Where can they find your podcast? And where can they pick up a copy of your book? Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, WileyMcGraw.com, W-Y-L-I-E-M-C-G-R-A-W.com. Uh, I have loved all the different philosophies and insights that I've discovered over the years of working behind the scenes with some pretty prominent folks, the the life philosophies I've discovered o- over the years that really do transform from within uh, are there. I wrote a couple of white papers there. People want to read um, that really do challenge the way you think about performance and leadership development, discipline, uh, and ability to really challenge who you are and step outside that proverbial comfort zone the right way, what, what that's actually going to look like and feel like. Well, yeah, the podcast is a passion project. Wise Words and Whiskey with Wiley McGraw. We're live across all podcast mediums from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, even YouTube. We're building out a page for that as well. I'd love to have people participate, subscribe. We've got some great whiskey sponsors coming on as well to support the show. And we're also doing, George, a whiskey giveaway once a month for the next year. Premium bottle of scotch whiskey with a uh, heavy bottom uh, rocks glass set and then an opportunity for people to be a guest on the show. So they can go check that out there and jump into the uh, the free giveaway. And we'll, you know, we'll have great conversations on high performance living. Amazing. Yeah. If you enjoyed this much as I did, show Wiley your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to WileyMcGraw.com. That's W-Y-L-I-E-M-C-G-R-A-W.com. And check out the white papers that Wiley mentioned. Um, check out all the great thought leadership and his experience. 
And I'm confident you can find a million different ways to benefit and check out the Wise Words in Whiskey podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, find the YouTube channel. If you're a whiskey fan, take advantage of that giveaway and um, jump into the world of all things Wiley McGraw and help start living life on your terms and stop running away from mm-hmm. uh, from those things that uh, you're trying to run away from and actually address Face them. them head on. Yep. yep. Thanks again, Wiley. Head on, brother. Yeah, brother. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. And until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.